Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Las Vegas. The show, uh, excuse me, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, competition, it's always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today to visit LasVegas.com. Huge game in Vegas this weekend as the Raiders welcome in the Chargers. We'll talk about that. Plus, Troy Aikman doesn't think the Packers are necessarily the team to beat. We'll we'll play for you that sound and react to it upcoming in 15 minutes. Okay, so we got a a he said, he said here, right? So basically, Antonio Brown, between a statement last night and then tweets he sent out today where he had screenshots of conversations with Bruce Arians, said, hey, look, I played on a bad ankle. I was hurt. They tried to tell me to go in the game. I wasn't going in the game because I was hurt. And um, then they he he gave me the cut symbol, so he cut me, so I just I left the game. That's the Antonio Brown story. Here's the Bruce Arians retort. We let Antonio go today, just to clear you up on some things that happened. At no point in time during that game did he ever ask the trainer or doctor about his ankle. He never went through. That's the normal protocol. You go through protocols during games. I was never notified of it. So, obviously, that was a, the disturbing thing when we were looking for him to go back into the game. All right? He was very upset at halftime about who was getting targeted. Got that calmed down. Players took care of that. It started again on the sideline. We called for the personnel group that he had played in the entire game. He refused to go in the game. That's when I looked back and saw him basically wave off the coach. I then went back, approached him about what was going on. Uh, I ain't playing. What's going on? I ain't getting the ball. That's when I said, you're done. Get the F out of here. That's the end of it. We're working on Carolina. That's the end of the story. Hopefully it ends today. This is Tom Brady when he was asked about it earlier today. Tom, uh, how hurt are you by what transpired in the last week with Antonio Brown for a guy that's went out of his way to, to bring him here, to do everything you can for him? I think there's a lot of personal, obviously, feelings. I don't think there's really a week to discuss it, though. So, you know, I'm just going to do the best I can do as quarterback of the team and try to put together a great week, finish strong. You just always deal with different things over the course of the season. That's what we're doing this week. Are you aware of who's targeted? Apparently, B.A. said that he was upset at halftime about his lack of targets. I think you'd always like to target, you know, you want to get everybody involved, obviously, and I think the receiver position is, they're a long ways from the football, you know, when you stand out there. So, as a quarterback, you just, you obviously do the best you could do, you know, try to read the coverage and try to find the open guy and, you know, realize that guys are going to be open and, unfortunately, you don't get it sometimes and other times, you know, you make bad reads and you make bad throws and just part of playing football, playing quarterback. I mean, how, how good is Brady? Right. I mean, a ton of word salad where he said nothing. Zero. Okay, so let's do this. Dan Beyer, who do you side with in the uh, Bruce Arians versus Antonio? But like even if you you took out and again, I know it's you can't take it out because it's a huge part of it. If you took out the fact that he took off his shirt and threw his gloves in the stands and his shirt in the stands, whatever. If you just went with the well, they told me to go in and I'm hurt. And now Bruce Arians only now Bruce Arians is saying it's because you wanted the ball. Who do you side with? I thought that it was a mistake by the Buccaneers to even sign him in the first place. 
So I would put the blame on Tampa with okay. all of this. It's a great way to look at it. Very interesting. Uh, that is the na 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 na. I told you so. Dan Byers, like I'm on the right side of history with this thing, right? Is that that's fair to say what what you're? Yeah, I, I think Antonio Brown in his previous stops has has shown who he was, and it was just a matter of time. And now that uh, that time has come, I, I do wonder, and and maybe this is just me. It's like, uh, okay, could last year they made it work, and he had a touchdown reception, like. Could you have just called it good at that moment? Hey, like, hey, we're good. Sure. Right? We we got out of this thing without any sort of major incident. We're good. Now, I would also point out that it it, do, it did feel like Brady was invested. I do think it's very interesting that there's like a mutual, what I think is fake investment there. Like, Brady's like, I really legitimately care about the guy. But did Brady legitimately care about the guy? Or was it a guy who was pretty good who wanted to do the TB12 and that's... That's part of it. Like, yeah, I'll bring you there, but you got to work out my way. Um, there, I, and it, just to just to add to that as well, I I think that I don't think that Bruce Arians wanted him there after the Vax card scenario. No question. But then Chris Godwin got hurt. Right. Then Mike Evans got hurt. Right. And then this made it easy for Arians to say, "All right, get the bleep out of here," but. In reality, he's the one that also gave him second and third chances. Uh, yes. Like again, we th- that's where we don't know, right? That's where we we just we we don't know. I don't know. Do you know? Like, I n- none of us truly know, and for the most part, we don't know what? because because we don't know the inner workings of that organization. Was that a Tom Brady call? Was that a was that a light call? Like who who made that call? I I. I don't think Bruce Arians has complete control over his entire roster, right? And I'm sure, as you pointed out, you have no no Evans, no Godwin, and he probably didn't want to bring him back. And Jason Likes probably like, look, dude, pickings are slim this time of year. You got a guy who knows the system, who Tom likes. Like, let's just let's just ride, you know, let's just ride with him until we get Mike Evans fully healthy. Yeah, and I mean, Godwin's gone for the season, but yeah, Evans yes. coming back. Yes, Evans coming back, Godwin gone with the game, tournament. Evans came back, played against the Jets. So. Yeah. Um, okay, what about you, Ramos? Who do you side with, uh, the Bucks or Antonio Brown? <clears throat> um, You know, I, I kind of agree with Dan. It's like you kind of know what you what you put your fingers into. And so if you you already know the guy is a little bit out there. I mean, he's, he's kind of done bad with the Raiders. And he went to, I mean, look, the, the Patriots even – he caught it. Didn't he catch a touchdown pass with the with the Patriots? And like the next week, he was gone. Like I mean, they were like done. So I, I don't know. I don't know who to side with. I really don't. I, I think they're both really at fault, and they both got exactly what they deserved, which was a, the guy leaving the team in the way he did. And Bruce Arians just trying to save face, trying to point fingers to say it's not my fault. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Uh, okay, Jason Stewart. So there's a couple layers to this, and I'll just get to one. So, uh, you know, the whole don't cry wolf thing, I, I think that if Antonio Brown's telling the truth here, I don't think he's got many people that are believing him because he's done so many things in the past that were just out and out kind of lies and deceptions and whatnot that I guess we just kind of side with the Bucks and Bruce Arians here. Um, I blame them a lot for all of this and I'm kind of glad that they're hitting getting hit with shrapnel on the way out especially like Brady's trainer and everything like when things go wrong and I know a, a certain radio host like this too when relationships end 
it ends catastrophically with this guy. And people and their careers are tied to this guy. So I'm kind of glad the Bucks are going through this little pain before wait, wait, the playoff wait, 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 starts wait. here. Are you going to text me who we're talking about? Do I know who we're talking about? Uh, oh, absolutely. I'll text you and tell you the whole story. But uh, I think we all have somebody like this in our lives anyway. Yes. Where, you know, relationships never kind of end. They end horribly. Um, and I think that's the what, what you'd get when you... And what about this? I'll is ask there, you this. Is there, is there a psychological profile for a person like that? Is there a name for that? Um, narcissist? I don't think that's... An, I, I, I don't think that's what a narcissist does, but... Maybe. A narcissist, it is about everybody else, which is what, what he's doing. I Just because I believe he, he likely is a narcissist doesn't mean that that's what defines somebody who that's how everything always goes. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to think of what the – there's got to be a psychological term. What? Let me ask you this, and I heard Dan Patrick say it earlier today, and I've heard it. Maybe you've said it. When people say that the Bucks got what they wanted, a Super Bowl win – so everything else is just kind of whatever. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that just because I think they win the Super Bowl last year without him. I think they give him too much credit in that respect. What about you? Do you th- do you think that that the Bucks because they won the Super Bowl that all of this, you know, and ju- ends it's, justifies it's, the means? I don't think it justifies it. Um I and I I do think they sold their soul and this is what happens when you sell your sell your soul to get a player. It's the old you know, either don't bite the apple or it's the don't, uh, you know, if you if you sleep with dogs, don't be surprised and you get fleas, right? Like you shouldn't be surprised that this is how it went with Antonio Brown. No, nobody's surprised. Um, I Yes, he caught a touchdown pass. No, he wasn't a reason that they won. Would they have won without him? I don't know. Um, I, I, I think when when the story is told about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning last year's Super Bowl as the first home team to ever win it, I I. It's it's barely a footnote that Antonio Brown is even on that team. On the other hand, there's lots of other parts to that story. You know, I mean, it wasn't like they blew out Washington. Probably should, they were going to lose. They were losing to New Orleans again until a huge fumble, um, and, and that was in the second half. You know, and and Green Bay had ample opportunities to beat them. Ample opportunities to beat them, even though they completely butchered the first half. So, to, to answer your question, do I think he played a major role? No. Do I think they would have won without him? I don't. I, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. But I also don't know, and I would also tell you that I don't think his story or lots of the real story to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will ever be told because, I mean, the Brady thing is too good, right? It's just it's too good. The, they won the Super Bowl because their defensive line dominated. The, the patchwork offensive line of the of the Chiefs. And then Tom Brady could just be smart and efficient with the football. And they used Gronk. And, and they just were very conservative because they knew that the Chiefs were, were completely beat up. That's why they won the game. Yes, John Ramos. Should teams try to get players involved that, like, for instance, Deshaun Jackson, remember he signed with the Rams, yes came out and said, I'm not getting any balls thrown to me, so I'm out. So he took off. That seems to be the praise for the the reason for a lot of players to want to leave is they just don't get the ball. We talked about this in basketball. You're always saying like James Harden, Kevin Durant. I mean, there's only one ball to go around with all these. How do they make it work? So that's kind of the key. Like, how do you make this work with guys? Look at OBJ with the Rams. I mean, they're finally getting him involved, but he could be another guy that could say stuff like, hey, you're not getting me the ball. I don't want to be here either. It's a very, very thin line for these coaches and these teams especially with these high-end type players, to get them really involved and try to make them feel like 
they're the main part of the team. And sometimes these guys just aren't the main. I mean, Cooper Cup is the Rams wide receiver main guy. It's not going to OBJ. He can play a part, but he, he has to know that he's not going to get the ball as many times as Cooper Cup is. At what point do these guys that are, were stars realize that? That's a hard one, right? You either accept it or you don't. I mean, Carmelo Anthony was out of the NBA and came back, and now he's accepted the role as being a spot-up shooter. Um, I do think that OBJ has accepted this kind of role as being a, a secondary or even tertiary threat to uh, for, for the Rams in, the, in the, what they do. But part of it is he's also not making the huge money. And, you know, you have a chance, he, he thinks, to be if he shows he can be a good teammate. I, I just, like, every wide receiver is like every two guard I've ever played with. They all want the ball and think they're going to score every time they get it. Right, they all do, and so you have to manage that as a quarterback. But there are guys that are just they're way too out of line, and they want it every single time. They don't they don't care, and that's Antonio Brown, right? It's Antonio Brown. I mean, and 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 frankly, that's been OBJ. I mean, OBJ was not easy for Eli, and was not easy on Baker, and so far he hasn't said anything on Stafford. But it does feel like we know how that thing comes to an end. To answer your question, that that's. That's what coaching is. Coaching is managing egos as much as anything else. That's what playing quarterback is. It's having your own ego and then managing others as well. Who do I side with? I don't care. Antonio Brown's so out of line. It doesn't even matter what happened. doesn't matter what happened. I don't care what he told you. He could have told you to go jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. You know what you don't do? You don't take off your helmet and shoulder pads and make a fool of yourself when the game's still going on. And oh yeah, by the way, the ultimate FU we don't need you is Tom Brady marched down the field and scored game when he touched down without him. Don't need you. Train left the station. Goodbye. I don't care what Bruce Arians said. I, I, I find myself believing him a lot more. I actually believe him both on some level where, you know, he probably thought his ankle was bothering him, but he was, there's no question that he was mad about his targets. He had what, three targets in the whole game? You know, you're going to make me play in a bad ankle. Part of it is, you're going to make me play in a bad ankle. You might as well throw me the football. That's probably what it sounded like. And, and yeah, he, there's a, a short fuse with Bruce Arians. Why? Like like Dan, uh, Dan Byer said, he didn't want him back. He didn't want him back. He's like, man, I don't even want this. I don't want this dude around. Get ready. Get him. Get get him gone. But I don't care. I don't, I don't care what was said to you. What You don't do that. If you want to have a career in the NFL, apparently he doesn't. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, all right, I want to play two pieces of sound for you. Doug Gottlieb Show, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports, Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Betvers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> uh, Troy Aikman had this to say on Adam Schefter's podcast. Dallas Cowboys to winning or not winning a Super Bowl. Well, I think they've got a really good team. They haven't played great. They played great against Washington. Washington, you know, didn't have much that particular night. But I think they're a really talented team. I don't think there is a real front runner in the NFC. I know a lot of people would say Green Bay, but I've covered a lot of Packers games, and they played some pretty average football teams and barely got out of those games with a win. I think Aaron Rodgers, of course, if he's not their quarterback, they lose a lot more of those games. But I think 
it is wide open in the NFC. And so even regardless of whatever you think of the way that Dallas has played here over the last six weeks, I I think you could say the same things about Arizona, Tampa Bay, Los Angeles, even the Green Bay Packers. So I think Dallas, this team has a good feel. I think Mike McCarthy's done a good job, but I think Dak Prescott really kind of sets the tone. They've got playmakers on defense. I think that this is as good a year for them to go and win it all as as they've had. Um, I would agree with every statement he made, with, but there's two parts he left out. You ready for him? Okay, one, they have to go through Green Bay. And if two teams are equal and one team plays in a dome – and the other team is used to playing at home in the frozen tundra. <coughs> who do you who do you think it's going to benefit? It, granted, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers found a way to win that game last year in uh, very frigid conditions. Right? Now Brady was terrible in the second half, and the Packers came storming back. But Tampa won the game straight up, okay, so it can be done. The other part to it is because they're the only team that has the bye. And they'll have essentially three weeks off. They should be the healthiest team in football. And unlike some other teams, not only are they healthy and going to get healthier, but I don't believe, and I'm, I'm trying to think of the Packers' injuries, and, and uh, you know, they, they don't have, I don't think they've lost anybody of crazy importance for the year, right? Like Aaron Jones got hurt, but he's been back. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has the toe. He's been playing. Um, Josh Myers, their center, is slated to return from IR. Right? Um, Elginton Jenkins is coming back off of COVID. That's their that's their starting guard. David Bakhtiari, okay, is slowly but surely getting back. Remember, he hadn't even hardly played. He hadn't played, I don't believe, coming off of a, a torn ACL. That's their starting left tackle. So they're going to be back fully healthy, which they hadn't been, you know? And of course, you know, they lost Jair Alexander, hadn't played one. He got hurt. Then he came back and he got COVID. That's why he didn't play this past weekend. They're, it's not just that they're they're going to have home field advantage. They're not going to have for, play the first week, but they've been a little bit banged up and they're going to be fully healthy for whenever, um, uh, you know, for whenever or for, for whoever they do play. I heard this. This is really good. Uh, Dean Pease, of course, has been a defensive coordinator. He's been uh, Dean Pease has been you, you look at him and you're like, man, he's 72 years old. He's probably spent his life in the NFL. And I thought this was a fascinating kind of rant about coaches today and about analytics. Take a listen. I think the younger generation of coaches feel a little entitled. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're spoiled. I think they, hey, go work in a high school, go work in a Division three school where you got to mow the grass, or you got to line the field, you got to do all those things, and you'll appreciate what you have when you have it instead of being 25 years old and wondering why I'm not a coordinator already in the NFL. Yeah. Okay, I went to the NFL at 55 years old. I was a high school coach. I was a Division three coach. I was in the MAC as a coach. I didn't go to, to New England until I was 55 years old. And so I felt like I paid my dues. And, and I feel like it made me a better coach, made me a better teacher. I was a school teacher. I learned how to teach. 
not just stand up. I look at guys now that can't stand up in front of the room and talk to people. Yeah. They can't. You gotta get on the computer. Everything's computerized, all that stuff. It's still a people's game. Players want to talk to you. They want to hear from you. They, it's not that. I still do everything in writing. I don't do, I do all my own breakdowns. I don't ask some quality control guy to do it. Everybody gets on a computer for two years and thinks they ought to be a coach. It's not Madden football. It has to deal with people. It's like all the analytics that everybody talks about this and that, and you should do this, you should do that. The computer told you that. When did the computer know what the weather was, whether it was raining, whether the wind was blowing, whether the, you were playing good on defense? Okay, they say, well, it's a two-point two game. Should you go for it on fourth down? Well, I don't know. Is the score 42-40 to 40 or 6-3? to three? You know, I, I don't – it makes a difference. If you're playing great defense, then maybe not. They're playing great defense, don't. If they're playing lousy defense, yes. Computer doesn't tell you that. So it's kind of that way to me in coaching. Players want to be coached. They do. They do. All of them want to be coached. They want to be good. They want to be coached. They want to be told what to do and how to do it and correct them and talk to them and be honest with them. And I just don't feel in this generation sometimes of coaches that they have very good personal relationships with players. I love my players. I've always loved my players. Everybody asks me, who's your favorite player? I go, all of them. Yeah. All of them. There, anybody that played for me is my favorite player. So to me, that's what you learn over the course of 48 seasons. That's, that's pretty good stuff. Uh, there was some analytics stuff. There's a shot at younger coaches. I actually I, I disagree with them on um, – well, yeah, Andrew Bain will join us in a second. He's been around the game a long time as well with the business side of sports. Um, why did Antonio Brown go to the ankle after, after all of this? Why? And then of course he doesn't want to have his ankle examined by an outside party. Andrew Brandt joins us. Of course um, <clears throat> he's worked in the league. He covers the league. He's a former Packers team executive columnist for sports illustrated host of the business of sports podcast. Am I wrong? But the same guy who asked for a million dollars in bonuses that he wasn't going to achieve <laughs> Is the same guy who wants to say he got cut because of his ankle? Because if his ankle's bad, does he get more money? Is that is that am I, do I have am I right in any way there? <laughs> yeah. Good afternoon, Doug. This guy. Uh, let me just say right away, uh, I don't want to minimize this idea of mental health and hope he gets well and all that. But are people really fooled by this? Like, there's. Thousands of people listening right now who have that boyfriend or girlfriend or business associate or friend or niece or cousin who they think, yeah, one day he's gonna it's gonna be different. He or she's gonna be different. It's gonna change. No, they don't. They don't change. Antonio Brown. It's it's this is years of consistently untoward behavior. And as a front office executive for 10 years, I'm like, are you serious? Come to me and ask for a guarantee of your bonuses? No. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. And everything coming out of his mouth or his people, his texts, his Instagram, I just, come on. And, you know, you, I'm sure you've talked about this. What an appreciation we are now having for Mike Tomlin all those years. Now, the Raiders can only tolerate him for three months. The Patriots for seven days. And here are the Bucks on and off for a year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's remarkable. 
Um, do you think he finds another gig in the NFL? I don't. But, yes, and I've been proven wrong before with these kind of things. I can't see a team. I mean, you and I talked about trading for Deshaun Watson, totally different circumstances. But I don't see a team in God's green earth that can take that on right now. Or even the start of next season. Now we get into the middle of next season and desperation, maybe, but nothing before that. Uh, all right, let's get into the Aaron Rodgers thing. Yeah. So, I mean, like, look, I didn't take it as uh, I didn't, and I didn't to be to be completely candid. I haven't heard the entire hub deal, but I did hear we we played the cut of it, and and honestly, like, Coward kind of agreed with it without agreeing with it. If he didn't say he's the basically the the worst guy in the NFL, I. I I, I took that as how he's treated the Packers and ha- the positions that he's put the Packers in. Okay? If we take out the the personal aspect to it, but the idea that, look, he basically hijacked the draft. The entire offseason with Good Green Bay was about him. And even if you thought he was definitely coming back, he le- he, let- he he left it out there in the wind. Because he wasn't back and ready, they looked terrible week one of the season. Because he wasn't vaccinated, he missed the Kansas City game. They could have kept him from home field advantage. Like, is there at least an argument to be made that even though his play has been mostly spectacular, there's been some other things that some of those other things that he's done have hurt his team. And you're supposed to be the most valuable player. You're supposed to only be helping your team. A couple of things. You know, first of all, just a personal note. Hub Arkish had me on his show on 670 uh, score in Chicago last week. And we talked about Aaron Rodgers and none of this came up. Yeah. None of this. So I just think that's interesting. And then I don't know, Doug, I mean, I'm obviously showing some bias because I, I know him. We drafted him. I'm a fan, but you know, the argument you're making, you know, TJ Watt may very well get defensive player of the year. T.J. Watt didn't practice in training camp, right? Mm-hmm. He was actually in training camp, but holding out, holding in, if you will, right. until he got the new contract, which he got the last week of training camp. Is that a, is that worse than or better or worse? I mean, than what Aaron did, which is basically have some drama in the off season, which he didn't. He made it to camp first day. I mean, he he did. He I mean he he went through every star player who the Packers had released and basically said, Brian Gunnikens has no bedside manner and they've made mistakes. And that, right. I mean, he, yes, it, it's, I would, and now look, he's done far more for the organization than TJ has done for the Steelers, but it, it's a, you would agree. It's a far different temperature in the room yeah. and what Aaron Rodgers guess, and TJ Watt. I guess what I pointed out about what Hub said is that this sort of peels back the curtain, right? It brings back, what we're dealing with, with awards, with honors, and for that matter, for Hall of Fame. Yeah, like, egos. It's it's subjective. Yes. And we are human, you are in human beings with inherent biases. And I think one day, like the way we're told to buy things or date or do everything else, this will be an algorithm. I think one day, honors, awards, Hall of Fame, MVP will be an algorithm. Mm-hmm. analytically based completely, but we're nowhere near that day, and, and Hub Arkish has biases. Now, he said it out loud. How many other voters don't talk about it? 
Now, I yeah. guess I don't. You know this better than I do. I mean, I guess you can find out who didn't vote for who or those kind of things, but the reasons behind it, we never hear about those things. It's 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 interesting. That's this is this is what I said. All of that was what I said yesterday. The guys are sitting yeah. there nodding their head because I said, like, look, it's one of the reasons you have fifty voters because everybody kind of has their biases, and ultimately. You know, kind of cream rises to the the top. It's why you have the one through five instead of just voting for one person sort of thing is ultimately you pull the room and the majority does rule and you get close to the right decision most times. Not all that. Not not all the time. Um, And so it it does make sense. And yes, everybody does bring in their bias of the team they watch, the team they cover, the place they live or somebody who they liked along the way, which is why I, I wouldn't pull his vote. I would if you're gonna if you pull his vote, it's because he said it out loud, and he right. and they told him not to say who you're voting for. That that's legitimate. But if it's for his whatever his logic is, unless they, if they don't give him any ground rules for who he has to who he can vote for and who he shouldn't vote for, it's it's up to his own discretion. And that's that's why I again I I think there's some flaw in that logic, a lot of flaw in the logic. But I don't think that that he's the only guy who's taking in his personal biases into who he's voting for. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't believe kind of what the process of Hall of Fame. I you know I was with Peter King at Sports Illustrated many years. I said, Peter, tell me about it. And it's like the guy from Kansas City talks about this former Chief, and the guy from Tampa talks about this former Buck, and this guy from Buffalo talks about this former Bill. And I'm like, well, okay, wouldn't it be better if the guy from Kansas City talked about the Bill, and the guy from Buffalo talked about the Bengal? And he's like. And it's just to me, it's like okay, everyone's putting forth their hometown guy. That's how it happens. It just all seems kind of weird to me. Speaking of the business of sports, um, how the Browns get out of paying Baker Mayfield twenty million dollars? Can they move that contract? <laughs> well, that's the way, right? Putting it off on someone else, and maybe that someone else says, "Hey, we'll take him," but he's got to agree to a pay cut. I mean, just from what I read today about these comments, and maybe they're true, maybe they're not true, he's not going to take a pay cut to stay in Cleveland. Uh, he's going to either want to be out of Cleveland or make them pay the full boat of $18 million. So, you know, on the bigger picture, Doug, the Browns front office has to be wiping their brow like few because there was, I thought, a pretty good chance they would give him the big money before the start of the season, a la Josh Allen, which could have meant, you know, $60 million guarantee. Can you imagine they're they stuck with that contract? Now, my, my prediction, and these guys can tell you, my prediction was he would be the first guy where if they got a long-term deal, it would be like a, like a middle class. It would be in the 20s. Um, now, I, I, even that would, would feel like a waste of money. At some point, there'll be somebody, and I'm interested to see what the the, uh, the Baltimore does with Lamar. Yeah, because Lamar did not have a great year. He's not there's he's not going to get faster as he gets older. He's going to get slower, and and Huntley is a a bargain option. Now again, doesn't mean that Huntley becomes the guy and they jettison Lamar. But if you right. say, hey, am I going to pay Lamar forty million a year for the next three years when I don't know if he'll be healthy and I don't know you know if he's peaked. I think it's a really good – that one, now he's going to become the interesting guy. Yeah, well, the Baker and Lamar things, I thought a couple things. One, the teams aren't completely sold. But I keep getting back to last year, right? We saw the two guys, the most dead money in the history of the NFL, got deals as soon as they could after the third years, and they were both gone, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. And I can't 
help but believe that these have become cautionary tales. Josh Allen, no-brainer. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, huh. But look what they did with Jared Goff and Wentz, huh? Well, we'll wait. What's the downside of waiting? The market goes up? Okay. But those were front office decisions that basically did not cement those quarterbacks to those franchises, which are the biggest decisions you can make as a front office in football. So they have the option here. That's what everyone should know. I mean, those players aren't going anywhere. They are not free agents. But what they do next is a big question. Andrew Brandt, you, you got to uh, you follow him on uh, social media. He hosts the Business of Sports podcast. Of course, uh, he also has the Sunday 7 newsletter and obviously no Thursday night game, but he was on Twitch on Thursday night football. It's just really interesting to hear a guy who's been in so many of those meetings and what's go- what, what he's seeing when he watches those NFL games. Andrew, great to catch up with you. Happy New Year to you. We'll talk to you as we get ready for the playoffs. Same to you, Doug. Talk to you. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Every day this time, the Doug Gottlieb Show, we like to get you caught up on all the stories of the day. Dan Beyer brings us the press. The press. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more discover.com slash match limitations apply. Dan, what do you got? Doug, when it comes to Steph Curry, the bad news is, is the Warriors guard will not play tonight against the Pelicans to. Okay. What's the good news? Yeah. To heal his uh, quad injury. The good news for Steph Curry is that right now he's the leading vote getter for next month's NBA all-star game. Curry receiving 2.58 million votes. The most of any player. Kevin Durant leads all uh, players in the Eastern conference in votes with two point. 3 million votes. As for some other notable names, LeBron James, obviously the leading vote-getter in the front court with 2 million votes. Also, Kyrie Irving, sixth in balloting for the Eastern Conference guards. You think that's bad? Clay Thompson, fourth in balloting for the Western Conference guards. Steve Curry. Um, that's, 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 that's pretty bad. I mean, the other good news, I thought you were going to tell me that that Clay Thompson's coming back. That's the, that was the other. We expect news. Sunday. That yeah. seems to be the uh, the the target date. The, there is a good news in the uh, in the first fan returns, as they call them. Demar Derozan getting uh, his due. He leads right now among Eastern Conference guards, so leading James Harden and Trey Young, and even his teammate Zach Levine. Stephen Curry. He's having a great year, um, and it's it's the <laughs> to the analytics crowd with those mid range jump shots too, right? Yeah, absolutely. How about this news? Fox Sports Radio host and former Penn State linebacker LeVar Arrington will be enshrined in the College Football Hall of Fame as a member of the class of 2022. Um, LeVar is one of those guys where, I mean, he's like, like if you said linebacker, he's synonymous with linebacker. He looks like a linebacker. He's smart like a linebacker. He played like a linebacker, right? And he hit like a linebacker. Like, that guy is a linebacker. Just, he was born, you, you almost feel like he was born to be a linebacker. 
And he was a really good one. You can hear LeVar on Two Pros and a Cup of Joe weekday mornings at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, Kurt Schilling has reiterated his stance. He joined the Faith on the Field podcast and said if he were elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame, remember he didn't want to be on the ballot at one point, but if he does go into Cooperstown, he will do so wearing a Diamondbacks hat. Spent four years in Arizona, won that World Series in 2001, also four years in Boston, nine years with the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, and why not as a Philly? Said that, uh, I think that the the top of his game were where he really became, I guess, that top-level pitcher was with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, no, I mean, they were, they were, they were great. Uh, I would say the he's synonymous, though, with the bloody sock thing. Doesn't really matter, though. He ain't getting it. So. Yeah, there, there seemed to be some hard feelings uh, with the uh, Red Sox and his departure there. So yes. he said that he, uh, he wouldn't be uh, going that route. Uh, mentioned a uh, little Baker Mayfield news. Russell Wilson in the news. Well, not really. The quarterback said today to reporters he wants to stay in Seattle. But the reason he has a no-trade clause in his contract is so the team – wouldn't just trade him anywhere. Still wants to stay in Seattle. But I want to stay in Seattle, no but let me tell you about my no trade clause. <laughs> I break it down. What's that mean? That means that uh, that Russell Wilson again is uh, sitting on the fence, saying this, that, and he likely has specific destinations he'd like to go to. Have you have you tired of the Russell Wilson thing yet? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. And last week was the last home game in a Seahawks uniform, maybe. Now it's the last game in a Seahawks uniform is there in Arizona. And finally, Doug, college hoops, mid-major battle in Salt Lake City. Loyola of Chicago top San Francisco today, 79-74. Yeah, so this team, they, they lost games. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Yeah, they lost games, and they just like, hey, do you want to play? Sure. We're, let's, like, let's fly into Salt Lake, and let's, let's go play at Salt Lake City College, Community College. It's funny, like I did the Colorado State game. They missed 24 straight days, no games. Their Boise game was going to be canceled. Now they're playing San Diego State on Saturday. All right, back tomorrow, getting you ready for a huge weekend. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.